Do you or someone you love struggle with anxiety? Well, I want you to know that there is hope for you, my friend. This is Misty Phillip. Welcome to the By His Grace podcast. Today, I welcome my friend, author, speaker, and podcast host, Karis Snyder. She is the host of Carline Conversations, and she is the author of Anxiety Elephants for tween boys and tween girls. On today's episode, we talk about some of the struggles that kids are facing today with anxiety. We also talk about strategies and helpful tips if you are struggling with anxiety, as well as Karis opens up and shares her story about how the Lord has helped her cope with anxiety. And so I just pray that this episode is is a blessing to you today. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Kara Snyder, welcome to the By His Grace podcast. I'm so excited to have you on with me today, my friend. Thank you, Misty, for letting me come on and, and hang out with you and your listeners today. Well, I am excited. You know, from the moment that I met you, I was like, that girl and I, we're going to be friends. And so it's yeah. always fun when I have people that I consider friends on the show to support them and the work that they're doing. And, you know, you have written these amazing books called Anxiety Elephants for Tween Boys, one for tween boys and one for tween girls. And we're going to talk about your books in just a minute. But before we do that, I'd love to know what prompted you to write these books and why do you have a passion to help tweens deal with anxiety? Yeah, so I love that question. And if I were being completely honest with you, writing I fought the Lord for a little while on writing books. I have you ever told God that he is wrong? (laughs) (laughs) He made a mistake. I uh, found myself in that place around 2018, 2019, when I I began to just feel that from the Lord to write, to share my story of overcoming anxiety and depression. And uh, I started in, in December of 2019. I wrote a book for adults to deal with anxiety and sharing that that kind of that through a devotional type style of this was kind of my story, but this is what God did for me and what he taught me. And through that, my, my daughters, I have a teenage daughter and I have a tween, I have a 10 year old daughter. And at that time they had gotten the books that I had written for adults. And I was speaking in schools and they said, Hey mom, will you write a book with words that we can understand? Mm -hmm. And in that moment, it was like the Lord used my children to take me back to when I was a kid 
and to the the struggles that I dealt with that were dealing with anxiety, where I was rejected, that I was bullied, that many of us can probably go back to those moments, but I did not know how to respond to them in healthy ways. So I just hid it. I just pushed it all down and I ignored it and I avoided it, hoping that it would just not be there, that one day I would become an adult and all those things would be okay, but they weren't and they caught up with me. And so I'm now just passionate about helping our tweens, helping those eight to 12 year olds understand that those emotions that they feel when they do feel anxious, that is very real, but we don't want it to control them. We don't want them to feel like they have to hide or that they need to be ashamed or to think that it's just them. This is very real. The world, goodness, the world that they're living in right now, it's hard and it's scary but we have a loving God, a loving heavenly father that wants to help them walk through this world. And so I think that's kind of where that passion came from. And to hear it from my own daughters to Mm -hmm. say, Hey, we need this. We need words, you know, that we can understand that kind of began that process of really wanting to reach out to them. And it's been amazing to me to just see how they have been attacked over these last few months over this past year. And maybe that's me being naive to think that the enemy was never going to go after them, but they have really just been attacked mentally, you know, and just, just to know that God is meeting them where they are, helping them now to train them up right now with how to fight the battles. I just want to, to just serve and to help them. However, the Lord sees fit. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I love that. How do you see anxiety affecting both boys and girls? Well, I I think that question in itself is important to know that it is affecting our boys and girls. Now, we know, you know, just girls are going to be typically more open to share, you know, uh, to talk about those things. But it is affecting both of our boys and girls. and, And we can see that just when they feel that anxiousness to leave mom and dad and go to school you know, to, to get off the bus and to leave that, that place of security for them. Or for some of them, it's not where home is their security school is their safe place. So they may feel anxious, you know, to go back home for our boys. They may get anxious in, in uh, dealing with athletics, dealing with, you know, trying to, to find their, their place amongst their peers, also for girls as well. They, they sometimes struggle with this need to be approved and accepted you know, and social media is really attacking our young people quite a bit. I know uh, when I go into schools and talk and I talk about social media, the girls' ears will kind of perk up because when I share with them how social media companies have, have admitted, for example, Instagram, you know, that, that they know when girls get on their platforms and they're struggling mentally about their thoughts about themselves. And then, you know, when they see those, those social media images that are perfect, that are filtered, well, then they begin to wonder, why am I not like that? What do I need to do to be accepted? So girls are fighting for that approval. Boys are trying to find their place, trying to be that man. But also they're getting anxious because they are being fought with these ideas of confusion of who they really are, trying to find their identity, needing to know that God did not make a mistake on them that he, he created them, he knit them in their womb. And so this, these thoughts of confusion is really coming at them in ways that, that we maybe have never thought would. And, and social media is really a big part of that. I think, again, those boys, that sports is a part of that. And then they put this pressure also on themselves to uh, be hitting those performance levels in school. 
hitting those educational levels. You know, my daughter is in eighth grade and they have to map out their high school career in eighth grade. Isn't that crazy? That blows my mind. I mean, now that's some pressure because you've got to figure out what you're wanting to do at 14 for when you're 16, 17, 18 years old. Yeah. And I even know some schools are talking about college then as well, trying to get them to plan for their college. And what a huge amount of pressure in a world that already has a ton of pressure. Right. And in their brains, that thinking part of their brain is not even fully developed, you know, not until they're 25, 26 years old, but we're asking them to make these life changing decisions earlier and earlier. And they're not equipped to do that, but then they, they may shame themselves because they feel that pressure because they don't know how to respond. And they may think if I tell that I feel pressure, if I tell that I don't know what to do, then they feel like they may be letting down adults in their life. They may be failing. You know, that was a trigger word for me that I was going to be a failure. Mm-hmm. That I was going to let down my family, that I was going to not only fail my family, I even put that pressure on myself with, with failing God. I didn't want to let him down. And, and so they may be feeling that pressure in that way as well. Yeah, that's, that's too much pressure. It's way too much. <laughs> it is. It really is. Well, what messages do you hope readers will take away from these books? Yeah. So, you know, our readers, when they they come in and they read these tween devotionals, they're going to be coming from a couple of different places. Some of these tweens are going to be able to read their devotional with their parents. They're going to be able to have those conversations with mom and dad. But there are also going to be those tweens who are feeling very anxious, feeling very maybe embarrassed that they are dealing with some anxiety. So they are not going to let anyone know that they're reading those books. They're not, they may not have those adults in their life that they can talk to about this. So we tried my publisher and I, when we, when this, when I wrote these books to meet tweens where they were at, to meet them in whatever circumstances they may find themselves in, because that's what God does for us. He meets us in our circumstances. So we just wanted to let them know, first of all, the message that they are loved. They are loved and there is hope for them. The message to say, Hey, just as Jesus tells us that we can come to him with all of our burdens, not just the big ones, not just the big things, but the little ones too, that so oftentimes the enemy tries to get in our ear and say, oh, you can't talk to the Lord about that. Oh, that's too small. No, God wants you to bring all, he says to bring all the heavy burdens. So that's another message that we wanted to give them. And just to begin to share the message that anxiety is going to happen to probably everyone at some point in their life, mild typically, maybe not severe, but we don't want it to get to that severe part. So we kind of want to normalize the conversation around anxiety and to talk about it, but to then shift and talk about here are some healthy ways that you can deal with anxiety because God in his goodness and kindness, he met us long before with these biblical coping skills with these skills to know this is how I can respond when I have an anxious thought or I have an anxious feeling and I I feel like I can't get my breath. So all of this is kind of compiled into these 90 days and and they're short days because, you know, even for me as an adult, sometimes our attention span is very, very short. 
So we want to get the message to you quickly, but also at the end of each devotional, there are action steps for these tweens to take. They're called stomp steps to give them that visual. Um, You know, for anyone who has dealt with anxiety, you're going to be able to understand this. When you're in that anxious place, you feel paralyzed. You want to move, you want to take an action, but you don't know what that action is. So those action steps are provided so that they can know one tiny thing. If I just focus on this one little thing today on what the Lord is showing me, that is a victory step forward, just little things. And so over time, those things are going to kind of build up together and it's building that, I call it a courage muscle for our kids. It's giving them courage to know, okay, this can be scary, but God's with me. The Holy Spirit is leading me and I'm not alone. They are not alone. And that's, it's so important for them to to know that and to cling to the fact that their heavenly father is not pointing a a shaming finger at them, but has open hands to them, wanting them to bring these anxious things to him so that they can learn how to be equipped when those thoughts and feelings come. That's so good, Karis. So let's talk about a couple of tips that you could share if there's someone who's listening right now and their child is struggling. What can a parent do to help their child with some practical application? Yeah, and and I love that question. And I would love to just say to your parents, first of all, if they're listening and you may be saying to yourself, I don't know what to do, know that that's okay. It's okay if you don't know what to do. It doesn't mean you're a bad parent. It just means that maybe you've never been in that place before. But praise God, you are looking for ways to help your kids. You're looking for ways to equip them. So some very easy, practical things that you can help them to do. First of all, when they feel like their heart is racing and they feel maybe more of like a panic, one thing that you can help them to remember to do is to pause and take good, deep breaths. And to even think to themselves, you know, God breathed his breath into us. So Yahweh breathed his breath of life into us. So when they pause and take those deep breaths, it moves them out of those emotions that are trying to take control, trying to kind of overwhelm them. And it helps them to get a moment of clarity to know that, Hey, I'm okay. Everything is safe. And it just gives them that moment of pause to calm down. Now, something else that we can do, you know, a lot of times with anxiety is dealing with the future, right? What ifs? What if I make a mistake? What if I fail? What if my mom and dad forget me at school? Uh, What if my friends are mad at me? So we're thinking about all these future things instead of being in what is our present our present moment. So that's another thing as parents, you can practice with your, your children, you know, Philippians four, eight tells us to think on what is true, what is pure, noble, excellent. So practice those things to help your, your children turn their thoughts to what God's truth is. You know, those things that we are looking at in the future, we can't control, but we can look to God who is in control. So we want to keep our thoughts on him. And then even just using your senses in that what is moment, what is something you can hear, see, taste, touch, smell, and that will snap you back into your reality. And then finally, one of my favorite ones that I love to use and talk about with students is gratitude. The attitude of gratitude, sharing thankfulness, looking this built-in anxiety blocker. Our brain can't do both at the same time. It can't be anxious and thankful at the same time. And kids are so good at this. When you ask them, hey, what are you thankful for? They will 
think of everything little to big. It could be they're thankful for their rabbits. They're thankful for their four-wheeler. I've had some kids tell me, a little boy told me one time he was thankful that he did not have to share a bathroom with his sister. And then I've had them talk about how they're thankful for their parents or their grandparents. But one time I had a high school boy, he raised his hand and everybody got really quiet. You could tell he was popular. And he said, I'm thankful for the foster family that I'm with right now because they're nice to me. And that was so powerful for him to share that with everyone. So Karis, what is your own journey of overcoming and battling anxiety? Yeah, so I, at one point in my life, about 11 years ago, anxiety and depression almost took my life. I had found myself just in this struggle and this battle with anxiousness first, with these anxiety attacks that would come literally out of nowhere. But, you know, at that point as well, I have to tell you, Misty, I didn't think anxiety or depression were real. I was a leader in church. And if you were to come to me wanting advice or encouragement about anxiety or depression, my encouragement oftentimes is to read your Bible more. You just need to trust God more. Or if I knew you really well, I would tell you, hey, you just need to suck it up and move on. Now, I'm pretty sure that is not what Jesus would tell people <laughs> to just <laughs> suck it up. I don't remember reading that anywhere. So I, I, I'm embarrassed to share that, but that was just where I was. That's just being honest. And I want to be honest with your listeners. But God just began to do a work in me as I found myself in a very real struggle with anxiety and depression. And I was a master of the mask. No one knew that I struggled. No one knew that I was having a difficult time. My marriage looked great. I was successful, had a successful business. My husband and I were leaders in our church. So everything on the outside looked great. But on the inside, I was crushed by the weight of the anxiety attacks that I would feel. And, and it would move me into this place where I would have these ping pong ball conversations, kind of where I would say, you should trust God more. You shouldn't be struggling. You should have it all together. You know, I would should bully myself. And then I just found myself where I began to isolate. I began to pull away even from my own husband because I felt so embarrassed that I wasn't the woman that he married. And I struggled with that. And then I began to believe these less than words. You are purposeless, hopeless, useless, worthless. That's what the enemy came at me with. And the bottom of the bottom for me, I had a miscarriage. I lost the baby. I think I was about eight weeks along and I lost the baby. And I, I mean, I, I, I thought that it was all my fault, you know, and the enemy so came at me I'm and so he sorry. said, look, yeah. He said, look what you did. Look what you did to that little life. And he began to say, you know, what are you doing to the other lives around you? You're probably hurting. You know, I, be, I began to believe that I was hurting them, that I was a burden and a bother and everyone would be better off without me in their life. And it was in that moment, that bottom place, that dark pit, it was like God reached down, like he physically reached down and just whispered over my soul, look up, look up. And when I looked up, this lie that I thought I was going to be alone and you're going to be rejected and everyone was going to just turn their back on me was proven to be false. I wasn't alone. There were helpers there, a counselor, a doctor, but my family and friends, they loved me. They hugged me 
and they didn't give up on me and they walked through that journey with me. And I began to just feel that healing and restoration from God. And he just began to take some things that I had believed for so long. And he uprooted those lies out of my life and began to plant seeds that were truth, that were hope filled. And I'll never forget a mom friend. We had a a play date for our daughters and she asked me, she said, Karis, how are you doing? And it was in that moment, you know, where we want to normally say, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. You know, we want to just go with that and move on. But I didn't say that. I told her that I was struggling with anxiety and depression. And Misty, with tears in her eyes, she looked at me and said, you too? Mm. And I was like, goodness. Yeah, me too. And we connected in that moment. And we, we shed our tears together, but it was like, God brought us together too, to realize, Hey, you don't have to go through these struggles alone. We're meant to help one another. Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So God just began to take me on a road of healing and restoration and just truly reforming my thoughts and uh, I would love to tell you that I don't deal with anxiety or depression anymore, but that is not the case. However, in those moments when it does come at me, it doesn't suck the life out of me. I know that God is with me and that he's going to help me walk through those places and that I'm loved and that there's no shame or condemnation in him. And, and that helps me in those moments that can be difficult still. Yeah. You know, you said so many things I want to unpack there just a little bit. So the enemy wants us to think that we're alone. Mm. He wants us to think that we're, you know, the battle is in our mind and we've got to take our thoughts captive. But when we get in this like spiral of, you know, nobody can understand or just, you know, I, all the things that you were saying that you felt worthless and all of these different things, that's when, you know, when those thoughts begin to enter our mind, we've got to take them captive and line them up with the truth of what God's word says. Does God's word say I'm worthless? No, it says I'm, I'm knitted to, like you said, knitted together in my mother's womb and that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made that that there's a purpose and a plan for my life. And so that's why it's so important for us to be rooted and grounded in God's word so that we can use the word as a weapon to tear down those strongholds when the enemy comes after us. Have there been some particular scriptures that have helped you in this process? Is there anything in particular you like to claim? You know, I was just sitting here looking back through the book and one of the scriptures that have really helped me um, in that and remembering who, who God created me to be is Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I think I love that one so much is because he prepared these good works for us in advance, knowing that we were probably going to be a hot mess, (laughs) that we were going (laughs) to not get it right, that he still prepared them in advance for us to do. So friend, if you're listening out there and maybe you are struggling and you have found yourself like I often did in a puddle of tears, wondering, you know, what does God have for me to do? He has so much for you to do that he prepared in advance for you to do through Christ Jesus. So I think that verse in Ephesians 2.10 
helps me to know, okay, God knew all these things about me, but he still had this purpose and plan that he had for my life. And that just shows his goodness and his loving kindness towards us. And I also found the verse Psalms 94, 19, that says, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation, your comfort brought me joy. And I think it's that word when, to know that when that comes, I don't have to run from my father. I can run to him and he will welcome me there. And his word, that life-giving word will shift what my flesh is trying to convince me of, which is a lie. And his word will show us the truth. So I think you're right. When we get into God's word, that's where we can take those lies captive and we replace it with truth. And there were moments I don't know if you've ever found yourself here where I would say to the Lord, I know this is what your word says and I'm going to speak it and I'm going to claim it, but I'm having a hard time believing it today. So God help me with my unbelief. You know, I'd have to be honest in those moments. And I think that's right. I think we absolutely, God knows anyway. So why do we want to pretend and hide? The sooner we can, can take it to him, the sooner his light can shine in on us and, and help us. That's so good, Karis. Well, where can our listeners connect with you and pick up a copy of your book? Yeah, so social media wise, I love to hang out on Instagram. I'm there uh, in stories, reels, all those fun things there at Karis Snyder, C-A-R-I-S-S-N-I-D-E-R. Facebook as well. You can find me there. And then um, my books are on all the places that you could typically find a book, all those online places. But if you want to go to my website, that'll give you links straight there. So that's going to be karasnyder.com. And uh, I love my email family. I try to send out lots of freebies and encouragement to them just so they know they're not alone. I don't try to overwhelm them, but I would love just to connect with you through those places, through email and, and through Instagram. Yes. And, and they can also catch you on Carline Conversations podcast. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I love doing the, uh, my podcast, Carline Conversations, literally y'all, it is from the car line. And, uh, my husband laughs at me. He's like, I can hear vehicles or birds in the background. I'm like, I know because I'm in the car line. (laughs) That's awesome. It's just meeting everyone, you know, us as moms, where we're at. We are, we're in our cars a lot. So thankfully God makes us there too. Amen, sister. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on By His Grace today. I have so enjoyed this conversation and I know that it will help many. Uh, Thanks for letting me come on today with you, Misty. Thank you for joining me today on By His Grace. I hope you've enjoyed listening and are encouraged by our guest today. I would love for you to visit my blog, mistyphilip.com, for more encouragement. You can find me on social media as Misty Phillip, and I would love to connect with you there. 